what is creating the resistance in your life. If the name of the game is have desires, which I know you have, identify the resistance and learn how to drop the resistance so you can be in non-resistance so that the natural functioning automatic mechanic internal and external can work and produce the results that you desire, then the name of the game becomes identifying the resistance and learning how to transform the resistance. Welcome to A Changed Mind, a journey into the topics that matter to you most. From the neuroscience and spirituality of mindset and personal growth to groundbreaking strategies for health, wealth, and relationships, to open and honest conversations about pressing global issues such as the environment, censorship, corporate capture, and democracy. Each and every episode reminds us of the certainty of the goodness of the future and provides the teachings, tools, and timeless wisdom inspiring you to create real lasting change in your life and in the world. If you've been desiring a sanctuary for your spirit, a place to go to tune out the distraction, negativity, and doom and gloom so that you can tap into the deep power, the vibrancy, and the potential you have inside, you're in the right place. Welcome to A Changed Mind. Hey, it's David. Just a quick interruption to your normally scheduled podcast. I've got an incredible opportunity for you. Big announcement that my book is now live on Amazon, A Changed Mind, Go Beyond Self-Awareness, Rewire Your Brain, and Re-Engineer Your Reality. If you've been wanting to take your personal growth to the next level, maybe you've done the self-help thing, but you're still feeling more stress or overwhelm or anxiety in your life, maybe you've gotten to the next level of financial security or growth in your relationships or health or your business, but you've hit a new ceiling and you're really wanting to understand how to identify the resistance that is still inside of you that's shaping your experience of life and to let it all go and transform it so that you can truly feel free emotionally, spiritually, financially, and achieve your full potential, you've got to check out this book. I spent the last 18 months pouring all of the teachings, philosophies, tools, even processes that I've never taught before that have helped me go from a life where I was literally struggling to survive to a life now that I love in a system that lets me materialize the vision I have for my business, my family, my world, without the hustle and grind and putting my spiritual growth and well-being first. So if you've been wanting a treasure map to the emotional and material promised land that life has waiting for you, take a minute to jump on over to Amazon, grab yourself a copy of A Changed Mind, or better yet, grab a couple of copies and give them as gifts to your loved ones. The feedback is already coming in. People are saying this is one of the most practical and powerful personal development books they've ever read, and I get it because everything that's in this book is exactly what I went through, what I learned, and what I used to change my mind. Check it, grab yourself a copy, and now on to your regularly scheduled podcast episode. Hey, welcome back to A Change Mind Podcast, a sanctuary for your spirit where we believe in the certainty of the goodness of the future and we explore how to create the vision we have for our lives in the world together. I am your host, David Baer. I am so grateful that you are here today with me and I'm so excited about this episode because on today's episode, I'm gonna be breaking down this idea that our thoughts create our reality. I don't know about you, but when I first heard that, it sounded amazing 
but I was hearing it from a lot of people whose reality I probably wouldn't want. <laughs> but if you've been wanting to really believe in this idea that you're a powerful creator and that you can create any change that you want in your life, achieve any goal, and that the source of that creation is actually what you think, you're gonna love this episode. I'm gonna be sharing with you how all of that works in a very grounded, scientific-based way. I'm gonna be giving you some frameworks that you can apply to your life. I'm gonna be sharing with you a formula that I learned that is at the core of creating whatever it is that you wanna create or letting go of whatever you don't wanna to continue to experience in your life. It's actually a very, very powerful formula that anybody that you see in the world who's having extraordinary success or has a life that you'd like to model your life after, they're consciously or unconsciously applying this formula. And I'm gonna to talk to you about the one thing that you're doing right now, I'm doing it too, that you need to stop doing, that is gonna open up a whole new level of possibility and creation automatically without a lot of hustle or grind or effort in your life. Now, if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe so that you can get updates on new episodes. And if you love this episode, which I hope you do, and this show, please, 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 make sure you leave me a comment. I read all of them and it helps us get this show out to even more people to grow this community and together change the world. Because that's really what this is about, right? Change ourselves, change the world, and do it together. So let's get started. So I want to first start by explaining to you how thoughts become things and to do it in a way that you can buy into. Because if you can truly believe that the linchpin or the catalyst for all change in your life is a changed mind, then you're going to be playing the game according to intelligent rules, according to the way life actually functions and reality actually works. And what I mean by that is most people, they have a goal or a desire or a vision, or there's something that they're experiencing in their life or the reality that they no longer want to experience, and they think they have to figure out a plan to create that change, right? Whether it's make more money, overcome their depression or anxiety or their autoimmune disease, attract an amazing soulmate, have a better relationship with somebody that you love, grow your business, attract the right employees, get clarity around your purpose, or your spiritual vision, like whatever it is. Most people think like, oh, I have to figure out how to do that. And what I'm going to be sharing with you in this episode is that that's actually working completely backwards. Your job is not to figure out anything. In fact, the figuring it out is a natural mechanical, mathematical function of when you're operating in flow and when you're operating in alignment. And so we're going to be taking a look today at like what is taking you out of flow and your natural intelligent process. And the way I want to articulate to you how thoughts become things is through two mechanisms that I want to explain. One of them I would call an internal mechanism. It's like how from you and your own thinking, you create your reality. And the other one is actually an external mechanism that really explains the science of synchronicity and coincidences, right? Because we've all had experiences where we've been thinking about something and then it happens, or we've been thinking about someone and like all of a sudden they show up or they call. We call it a coincidence, but it's really a function of how intelligence operates or consciousness operates or spirit operates external to you. Uh, and so I want to explain these two things to you. We'll start with the internal process. And I'm not asking you to buy into anything that just David believes. Uh, what I'm about to explain to you is at the, at the core, it's the nucleus of behavioral psychology. 
we call it the five primary drivers. What the five primary drivers says is that whatever you believe or the beliefs that you formed when you were very, very young, today as an older person, right, an adult, a teenager, a young adolescent, uh, anybody at any age, right, what you think today is determined by what you believed when you were a child. And that on a moment-by-moment basis, when you have thoughts, those thoughts you experience as emotions, And those emotions will determine what action you do or do not take. And the action that you do or do not take determines the results that you produce. And interestingly enough, when you produce that result or you have that experience, you have a reaction. There's a a reinforcement of the original belief. So I'll give you an example. Let's say, for example, when you were growing up, and you can complete this sentence with me. It'll be insightful for you. I want you to complete this sentence When I was growing up, money was blank. Okay? Think about it for whatever comes to mind. When I was growing up, money was blank. Okay. Now, we're going to focus on limited beliefs right now because wherever you've got empowered beliefs, you're actually creating what you want in your life. Wherever you're not creating what you want in your life, it means we've, we've got a limiting belief there. And because most of us, didn't experience, you know, financial abundance growing up, we have beliefs like money is hard to make or money is the root of all evil or maybe we saw maybe you grew up like I did in a in an upper middle class family, but I saw my dad work his ass off in order to provide for us, so money was hard to make. Money comes, but it doesn't stay very long, right? It doesn't last. Those are common money beliefs. And your beliefs are formed again before the age of 7 before your prefrontal cortex was fully formed, you were having these experiences of life and you were recording every experience. And so you were observing what it was like for your family in relationship to money. And as you're ingesting that experience of your childhood through your five senses, what it looked like, what it sounded like, what it felt like, what it smelled like, what it tasted like, every single experience as you came into this world before the age of seven, you're recording in your brain and you're building out this massive network of memories or neural networks so that the next time you have an experience that's similar to the original experience, you've got a meaning that you can rapidly apply to the new experience so that you can assess, your brain can assess whether or not this new experience is dangerous or not. So a great example of this is if, you know, the first time you had an experience with a dog. If you had a great experience with a dog, you recorded that experience, it was formed in the neural networks of your brain as a memory, And you would say uh, the experience that dogs are are friendly, right? I like dogs. But if you had an experience with a dog that wasn't a good experience, you might have given a meaning to that experience that dogs are dangerous, right? So not only are you recording these experiences, but you're recording the meaning you give the experience. And the next time you experience a dog, you're automatically going to give a meaning to the experience, which is dogs are dangerous or dogs are friendly. In fact, there's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system. It's looking only at evidence that supports the original belief that was formed. And it's disregarding any evidence other than that, right? But this is for every area of our life. So now as an adult, you know, you want to be financially abundant. You want to be financially prosperous. But if you had a belief that money was hard to make, then as an adult, whether it's in your career or whether you're a business owner, you're you're not going to have thoughts that are in alignment with making money easily. And so you're 
going to be experiencing financial stress, anxiety, overwhelm, and financial insecurity, and you're going to be taking actions that will produce results that are simply going to reinforce that belief. It's called a psycho-cybernetic loop. And same thing, for example, let's say you want to attract your soulmate, but you grew up in an environment where you saw that relationships didn't work out or you couldn't trust people. So now as an adult, or you know, you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, and you're wanting to meet a partner, but on a moment-by-moment -moment basis as you're experiencing life, you're saying to yourself, ah, oh, you know, there's nobody out there uh, who's really that good. There's no good ones left. Uh, I might meet somebody, but they never really show up as who they really are. You can't really trust people. And you're going to experience that emotionally, and that's going to motivate the action that you take or that you don't take. So you're going to show up as a pretty shitty partner <laughs> on a date, right? And so you're going to be shocked when somebody doesn't want to go out with you again. Or maybe the action that those emotions and those thoughts and those beliefs motivate is that you stop going out and socializing. So you're like, ah, oh, there's nobody left out there. But like, meanwhile, you're just at home watching Netflix on the weekends, and you're not connecting with people to potentially put yourself in a position to attract a soulmate. So this is how thoughts become things, right? This is how your beliefs from a young age catalyze the thoughts you have now that you then experience as emotions, as vibration in your body. Those emotions then motivate or demotivate specific actions and activities that are going to produce results that are in exactly in alignment with what you believe, right? So this is not some sort of like far out you know, new age woo-woo concept. I like what Henry Ford said. He said, the man or woman who thinks he or she can is right, right? The man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't, they're both right. Buddha said, the mind is everything, what you think you become. So what they were explaining was, in part, this internal mechanism that is at the core of psychology that says, whatever you believe, those are the results that you're going to produce. Now, there's an external mechanism that's actually working at the same time, getting back to this idea of coincidences and synchronicities. Because as I mentioned, you know, these, these beliefs that you have, they're wired into your brain. They're hardwired in the sense that like, you know, if we could open up your brain, we'd, we'd find that original memory where money was hard to make or relationships never work out or where you're not good enough or where you can't trust people, right? Or people betray you, whatever the limiting belief is right? We, we could find it in your brain. The good news is, is that your brain has neuroplasticity. So we can overwrite and transform these original meanings, which will change your current, your future reality. But these thoughts, when you have them, electrically light up in your head, like you're an electrical mechanical being. So it's as if like a light bulb turns off, turns on in your head and you start emitting this vibration. that's very specific to these thoughts and you're also, your nervous system is lighting up because you're experiencing these emotions with the same type of frequency or vibration or resonance. And you're emitting this vibration. And what happens is that the rest of reality starts to pick up on this vibration. You know, at a very simple level, it's like, you know, someone creepy walks in the room and we say, well, it's a creepy vibe, right? Well, we're all very sensitive, whether we're aware of it or not to other people's thoughts and emotions. Now, this is a larger conversation, and you can check it out on other episodes that I've done where I talk about consciousness or the universe or how I believe reality works as a whole. But all of reality is vibration, right? There's one vibrational reality. It's an energetic reality. And what I mean by that is this. 
when you were in, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade science class, your teacher probably explained to you that the whole physical world that we experience is made up of these things called atoms. You know, atoms combine together, become molecules, molecules stack together, become, you know, the table that I'm sitting at, the microphone I'm speaking into, the device that you're listening to or watching this episode on. Like now we have the material or matter, right? Matter exists because of um, these building blocks called atoms. But the atom, my teacher explained, is sort of like, it's got a, a part called the nucleus, which is neutrons and protons. And she said, that's like a basketball sitting in the middle of a football field. And then there's an electron that orbits around this uh, nucleus. And that's like a tennis ball in the parking lot. She said, that's how much space there is in an atom. She said, so an atom is 99.9999999% space. So all this stuff in our reality, in our physical reality, is made up of things that are almost all nothing, right? They're almost all no thing. And now as a result of um, quantum physics and quantum science, they're looking at the physical part of the atom, not the space, right? It's mostly nothing, but they're looking at the nucleus or the uh, neutrons and protons and the electrons. They're seeing that those things, which, which we thought were solid, are made up of smaller things that aren't actually solid at all. They're only solid sometimes. They have a potential of being solid. And so we live in this really uh, distorted reality where we think that everything is physical around us, but it's, it's not. It's all energy. How are we experiencing it as physical? Well, you know, the human being is amazing. We've been given these five senses where your eyes, your ears, your, your, your nose, your, your entire skin, your sense of touch. Uh, and I think I missed one there. Oh, your taste buds, right? Your sense of, of taste are actually these energetic vibrational interpretation devices <laughs> that simulate a physical reality. In other words, whatever device you're listening to me on right now, it doesn't even really exist. It's all energy. It's not physical. It exists in an energetic and vibrational sense, but it's not physical the way that you experience it. But your eyes are interpreting this pretty much nothing thing that you're listening to me on into something that you can perceive as physical through your sense of sight. You're able to feel it because we've got these, uh, I guess what you describe as tactile vibrational interpretation devices, which is our, our body suit, our skin that can feel things as if it's physical, right? That can hear things as if it's really there. But you're not really hearing words that I'm speaking. Your tympanic membrane is interpreting very specific vibration and energy that I'm speaking from a mouth that doesn't even really exist <laughs> and translating it into this conversation. Like if you're not wowed by that, right, then I don't know, I don't know if, if, if you're alive, right? Because to be alive is an incredible experience, and this is what I believe Einstein meant when he said reality is an illusion, albeit a persistent one. It's kind of like living in the matrix. In fact, it's living in the matrix. So why am I sharing this with you? Because I want you to understand that you as an individual are constantly emitting a vibration, a very specific frequency that matches up with the types of thoughts and emotions that you're having, which are all derivatives, right? They're effects of the beliefs that were formed at a very young age. And that vibration is being translated out or communicated, sorry, transmitted out to all 
of consciousness or spirit or life. Uh, the Buddhists referred to sort of the superorganism of of life, right? That we are an individual expression of, but that we are also connected intimately to the rest of as the great body of radiance that has no beginning and no end, right? You think about it as just like one intelligence having infinite experiences. And so you are having an individual experience of this great intelligence or higher power or God or Jesus, Allah or the universe or the force or whatever you want to call it. But it's all connected into one big energetic soup. And what you're putting out there, intelligence itself, is organizing the collective components to create experiences for you that will reinforce the belief. So coming from within you, right, this internal mechanism, you're projecting outward. Thoughts are becoming things through your emotions and your actions and the results they produce. And then external to you, life is cooperating right? It's a co-creation because other people and situations and circumstances are being influenced in order to kind of meet you halfway, right? To create what we would call your life. That's how thoughts become things. And a great example of that is like you can take two people, let's just say a man and a woman. The woman uh, has a core belief. It was formed again when she was a child that, you know, bad things happen to good people. Maybe that's what she witnessed or experienced. And, and the man uh, believes that good things happen, but they don't stay very long, right? They're hard to hold on to. And the woman, you know, wakes up and decides she's got to go get her organic blueberries for her shake because she just happened to run out of them. And her sister calls, which delays her for 15 minutes. So she leaves the house at a time she didn't expect, gets to the grocery store, ends up selecting a line. See, this is happening at an unconscious level, but this is, this is, this is all architected. She chooses a line where there's another woman who decides to write a check. Now, who writes a check at the grocery store anymore? But so it takes even longer. And so she leaves the grocery store and she's driving down a boulevard. At the same time, the man just got a new job after losing his last one, right? Good things happen, but they don't stay very long. He's worried and rushing to work because he's five minutes late and it's his first day on the job. He's not paying attention while he's driving because he's texting his new employer that he's running five minutes late because of traffic. And as a result of not paying attention on the same boulevard where this woman is stopped at a stoplight, he ends up rear-ending her. And he's late for his first day at work and gets immediately terminated to fulfill on his belief that good things happen to people, but they don't last. And she has now fulfilled on her belief that bad things happen to good people because she wasn't doing anything wrong but sitting at a red light. This is how thoughts become things and we create our own reality. Now, I want you to put a pin in that as I teach you a very powerful equation that is at the core of creating everything that you want or transforming and letting go of whatever it is that you're experiencing that you don't want. The most powerful equation in creation is the equation that desire plus non-resistance equals desired outcome. I'm going to repeat that for you. Desire plus non-resistance equals desired outcome. Okay, now what do I mean by that? I'm so excited to share this with you, by the way, because it's going to simplify so much of the confusion that we experience as we're trying to change our lives or as together we come together to try to change the world. 
What I mean by that is this. If you have a desire, and let's just use the same examples that we've been using because they're common examples, but it could be any desire you have. But if you have a desire to make more money and you have no resistance to that desire, both the internal mechanism and external mechanism of how thoughts become things and how we create our reality will produce the desired result. So let's say you want to make more money and you don't have any limiting beliefs that are resistant to that desire. You don't believe that money's hard to make. You don't believe that you have to work hard to make money. You don't believe that money comes, but it doesn't stay very long. You don't believe that money is the root of all evil. You don't believe that you're not good enough to be abundant and prosperous, but instead you believe that you deserve to have a prosperous life, that money flows easily, that at any moment you could have a thought or an idea that could create a breakthrough in your financial success, right? If you don't have any resistance to the desire of financial prosperity, then you're going to naturally have thoughts that are in alignment with producing wealth, Those thoughts will create in you, as you think them, emotions that are motivating of action that is intelligent action aligned with producing the desired result. And given enough time, it is law that the desire materializes or manifests itself within your reality. But what I'm suggesting here is that if you want to make more money, Your job is not to figure out how to make more money. Your job is to identify whatever resistance you have to making more money and to let go of that resistance because desire plus non-resistance equals the desired result. There's an automatic mechanical function inside of you. In other words, the intelligence in you naturally operates in such a way that if you have a desire and no resistance, you will have thoughts related to the production of that desire. You will experience emotions that will catalyze action that will then result in the desire materializing into your experience. And it does not matter what desire that is. It could be overcoming your anxiety or depression, your autoimmune disease, finding the perfect soulmate, having extraordinary relationships with the people that you're already in relationship with, having more clarity around something you desire, more clarity around whatever goal you have, whatever you want to create in your own life, the way to do that is not to figure out a plan or how to achieve it, it's to simply allow the natural mechanical function within you to operate. In other words, the figuring it out happens through you automatically if there's no resistance. And that's why so many people are playing the wrong game in the world today. They're trying to figure out how to get rich. They're trying to figure out how to get healthier. They're trying to figure out how to get more clear. They're trying to figure out how to hire good people for their organizations. They're trying to figure out how to overcome their challenges. And collectively, if you're part of our community, So many of us are trying to figure out how we change the systems in the world. How do we create a better financial system? How do we create a better healthcare system? How do we stop having wars and fueling a military industrial complex? How do we create better governance regardless of your political persuasion in our country, in all countries in the world? How do we come together 
as a global family living in fellowship and harmony in the way that each and every one of us wants, other than a few powerful people in the world who are focused on their own vested interest and wealth accumulation. And we don't actually have to figure out how to change the old system. We don't have to figure out how to create the new system. All we have to do is maintain the desire with no resistance. Spirit or life or intelligence within us as a natural functioning mechanic of who we are will reveal the plan to us through thoughts, ideas, emotions, perceptions, actions, learning, process. Desired result is 100% guaranteed. And in addition to this internal function, there's an external function taking place. Because if you have a desire to start your own business and you have no resistance, you will have thoughts related to launching or starting or scaling or growing your business. You will feel good feeling, intelligent emotions related to the creation of that new business. And as you have those thoughts your neural networks in your brain light up with a very specific vibration. You're an electrical mechanical being. And as you have these emotions that are in alignment with the desired result, right? You feel excited, curious, calm, peaceful, exuberant, whatever it is, motivated. Your entire nervous system is lighting up with this vibration. So you're emitting this vibration into a vibrational reality and a collective consciousness that begins to organize all of the cooperative components to meet you halfway. Desire plus non-resistance equals desired result. Not figuring out the perfect plan, not needing to discover out the, the how, no more hustle, no more grind. This is what happens, for example, when you're in the zone or you're in flow or in, you're in your genius, and it is a result of non-resistance and desire. So this is the beauty of the formula. It aligns us with playing the game that is the cause of all of the effect in our life right? The, I'm not suggesting, for example, let me be very, very clear. I'm not suggesting that you want to attract a soulmate and you just expect them to come and knock on your front door. Although with all the Amazon deliveries we have right now, it's certainly more possible than it used to be, right? I'm not suggesting that you want to have financial prosperity. And for you, that's $100,000 a year or 250000 or a million dollars in your bank account. And like, I'm, I'm, like a magic genie, the bag just like shows up on your lap as you're sitting on your sofa eating cheesy puffs and watching Netflix all day long. That's not what I'm saying. This isn't some sort of weird woo-woo law of attraction bullshit. <laughs> what I'm saying is that if you have the desire and you don't have resistance, then you're naturally going to have thoughts and emotions that will motivate action that won't feel like hustle and grind. It'll be inspired. It'll be intelligent. It'll be aligned. And over a period of time, it is 100% guaranteed to produce the result. That is an internal mechanism. External to you is this vibrational reality where life itself is creating coincidences or synchronicities, which really aren't coincidences at all. I mean, they are in the sense that they coincide, 
but it's not some sort of weirdness or strangeness. It's an understanding of the external mathematical function of intelligence and how consciousness works in our lives and how everything is energy and how we are energetic transmitters through the thoughts we have and the, and the electricity that we produce through the neural networks of our brain, the activation of our beliefs and thoughts and memories, and our nervous system as a transmission device that is interacting with the cooperative con- components of collective consciousness. So, what is creating the resistance in your life? If the name of the game is have desires, which I know you have, identify the resistance and learn how to drop the resistance so you can be in non-resistance so that the natural functioning automatic mechanic internal and external can work and produce the results that you desire, then the name of the game becomes identifying the resistance and learning how to transform the resistance. Now, I'm not going to be able to go through the four resistances I'm about to share with you and give you the tools to transform every single one of them. Again, you can listen to other episodes on podcasts. You can watch other episodes on my YouTube channel. You can go to www.davidbear.com, subscribe to our email list, get some free trainings, maybe go deeper into the work, check out the whole human framework where we walk you through our 12-step process of identifying your desires and the resistances you have to them so that you can be operating according to this equation, desire plus non-resistance equals desired results. But I want to share with you the four resistances that we've identified, okay? I'm going to go through them with you quickly here. Number one are what we would call limiting beliefs. They're your run-of-the-mill limiting beliefs because the four resistances are actually all limiting beliefs, right? All what we would call unintelligent thinking, all forms of thought that are not aligned with the desired results that you have uh, for your life, right? But the first one is limiting beliefs. And so we talked about a lot of them in this episode, other episodes, you know, beliefs like money's hard to make, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life, Uh, I'm never going to overcome this health challenge that I'm having. I have to figure out the perfect plan in order to produce the result that I want. I need to hustle and grind in order to produce uh, great results in my life. I can't trust people, right? All of these are limiting beliefs. And we saw how your limiting beliefs through the internal and external mechanisms uh, produce the results of your life. That's how thoughts become things. The second type of resistance is a resistance that seems to lock in some limiting beliefs. In other words, as you start to get into transformational work, personal development, whether it's through the tools and technologies and frameworks we teach or what you're learning from other great teachers that are out there, you start to change your life. And that's because you start to experience a changed mind. You start to change some of your beliefs. And as a result, you change the way you think, you change the way you feel, you change the the way that you uh, act and you show up in the world and therefore you change your results. But I want you to think about right now, is there a limiting belief that you know that you have, that you know that you've had for a long time? And even though you've worked on it or you're aware of it, you haven't been able to shift it? You know, maybe it's a belief about yourself, right? Maybe it's that you're not doing enough, that you're not as far along as you should be. Maybe it's a belief around time. Maybe it's a belief that there's just not enough time to get it all done. And so you're experiencing overwhelm and anxiety and stress in your life. Right? Why have you not been able to change this belief when you've been able to let go of 
other limiting beliefs. Well, what we found is that as a result of us developing our beliefs, most of them in relationship with other people, in other words, they taught us what to believe or we had experiences with them that we developed beliefs around, we developed resentments for certain people, these people. And the resentment is like a cord between you and the other person that prevents the limiting belief from being transformed. So for example, let's just say that you feel like you're not good enough and you experience that as a result of a relationship dynamic with you know, one or both of your parents or a grandparent or a teacher that had um, that type of negative influence on you. Unconsciously, you hold a resentment towards that person. It's almost like spirit within you knows that's not true, <clears throat> but the ego translates that into a resentment. Like there's a result or an effect of that harm or wound that was either consciously or, or unconsciously done to you. And so it forms a resentment. And so you can't let go of the limiting belief until you let go of the person that limiting belief was connected to. Does that make sense? And so we teach a really amazing process in the whole human framework, our 12-step program, that's called the forgiveness framework, where you can inventory your resentments and identify those people who you are still holding on to along with all the beliefs, the limiting beliefs that were associated with them, and you can cut the cord. But sort of the second area of resistance is a result of resentments, right? So we have limiting beliefs, and then we have resentments that are holding or entrenching some of our limiting beliefs at a deeper level. The third resistance is what we call the core program. I'm going to share with you a quick story about how I discovered the core program. It was around March of 2022. And, you know, I had been in, in transformation and personal growth for over a decade. I had been teaching for seven years, doing a lot of work myself. And I ended up having a breakdown. And it was a, a, a that period of my life, I was experiencing some health challenges. Uh, Carol was pregnant with our, our first child. She's about three months pregnant. So she was just going through some pregnancy irritation. She was also frustrated and tired as well, you know, of seeing me suffer with some of the health challenges I was having. Our business was going through a pretty significant pivot. It was like all of the certainty that I had built up from the time that I was in drug and alcohol and pornography addiction recovery like the whole life I had built along the way, meeting Carol, launching our business, creating financial prosperity, having my community, clarity around my purpose, feeling good about my life. It felt like those things started to become unhinged. I was uncertain about my business. I was questioning myself as a teacher. Again, the health challenges, relationship challenges. You know, we were having some contraction in our business, so I wouldn't call it financial challenges, but all of a sudden, after a long while of not really experiencing any type of financial insecurity, I was starting to feel financially insecure. And the stress was building up so much in me that um, I knew, having done a lot of somatic or body release work, that I needed to release the energy. And so I decided to get into the shower, I put on a cold shower, and I just started yelling. 
And Carol came running in and my mother-in-law, Diana, came running in. They were like, oh my God, like what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I think I'm okay. I just have to keep yelling. I have to get this energy out. I don't know what's going on. I've never felt this level of stress in my body before. And I got out of the shower and they laid me down on the bed. And they called a, a very good friend of mine who's a powerful transformational teacher. And he did an energetic process to um, get my system to calm down. And then we called my brother, who some of you may know, Coach Mike Baer. And Michael jumped in to get me some um, psychiatric help. And it had been like 15 years since I had been in psychotherapy back when I got off of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication. And I was like, I I don't want to get back on medicine, but this had been building up for a while. And I was like, man, I need to be like a a powerful dad and a powerful husband. I got to stabilize myself. And so I ended up having a conversation with this great psychiatrist. And he's like, we're going to put you on this medicine. And there was this intuition I had, which was like, don't get on the medicine. You're meant to work through this. And I tried the first medicine. And two days later, I said, hey, I'm, I'm feeling this what I think is a side effect. And he said, yeah, that is a side effect. We got to get you off that medication. He's like, we'll put you on another one. And it doesn't have any side effects. I was like, okay. So he puts me on this other medication. And two days after that, I said, hey, I'm experiencing this thing that I think is a side effect. He's like, oh my God, like that's a really rare side effect. And what my brother had encouraged me to do and what really felt right to me was actually to get back into the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and work the 12 steps again, because it's a really powerful technology. And so I started going to AA meetings again, even though I wasn't struggling with my drinking, and I started working the 12 steps around my, my worry, because that's what was really building up so much tension in my body. It was, I, I felt like I was just always, I was worrying about my health, and I was worrying about the business, and I was worrying about my relationship, and I was worrying about, like, you know, I was having a kid for the first time. I'm like, like what is that going to be like? There was just so much worry going on. And, and so I started working the steps around worry. And what was so interesting was at that time, Carol was going through her own, uh, I don't know, like long, dark night of the soul. Is that how you say it? Like chapter. It was like a mini chapter. And so I was struggling with worry and she was struggling with what I could see was control and letting go of control. And then my brother and I had really reconnected at a whole new level and our relationship was just amazing. And so he was going through something at the same time which was shame and guilt. And I was like, wow, I'm trying to let go of worry. Carol's trying to let go of control. Michael's trying to let go of shame and guilt. And that's when I realized that what we were all working through at the same time is what we discovered was the core program. The core program is almost like a super limiting belief. It is something that each and every one of us do, thoughts we have, emotions we feel, core beliefs we have, that's really like the intersection of your parents' core programs. So like my dad, you know, was kind of a critical thinker and there was a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. My mom sort of never felt good enough and always thought that bad things were gonna happen. And so it's almost like those two had a baby program, which was worry for me. And it manifested in my childhood as well. There was an experience I had that caused me to believe that things could go bad and that I should worry about them. Carol had something happen in her life early on that caused her to believe that it wasn't safe to trust other people and she had to control everything. My brother had an experience, a specific experience around the age of seven where he believed that there was something fundamentally wrong with him and that, uh, and he felt guilt and shame as a result of it. And then that just continued to perpetuate itself. It actually started to build each of our personalities. And so in some ways, 
your core program is a, a version of your gift. It's sort of like a dissonant mutant version of your gift. Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm very contemplative, contemplative, right? Like I think about things a lot, but when it goes to the dark side, it becomes worry, but it's also my gift, right? Like I think about things a lot. That's why you and I already have this conversation and I can explain to you the way that I'm experiencing and viewing life and the fundamental laws of reality and how you can improve your life and have a powerful living experience through a changed mind. Right. So, but eventually in our 30s, our 40s, or our 50s, the core program is ready to be transformed and we have to learn to let it go. That's the third resistance is the core program. And again, I've done other episodes around how to surrender and surrender your core program. You can always come to our website, davidbear.com, get on our list, check out the whole human framework if you want to go deeper in this. But that's the third resistance. And the fourth resistance, which is fundamental to each and every one of us, is the belief that we aren't good enough. It's an isolated belief. It's built into this ancient nervous system and survival-based kind of mechanical, electrical operating system that we have because we are afraid that if we are left alone, we won't survive, which is one of the reasons why connection and fellowship and community is so critical to living a healthy life. But as a result of this innate fear that we could be alone, which back during tribal times meant that you would, you would die, right? If you were separated from the pack, it's built in as one of the essential, fundamental fears that we have. And so as a result of that, as the mind developed, we start comparing ourselves to other people. We start measuring if we're as far along as we think we should be in our own lives, and we have this self-judgment, self-critical internal dialogue or inner critic that's constantly evaluating whether or not we're doing enough and whether or not we're good enough so that we can be loved, so that we can survive. And what we end up doing is we outsource our self-love and our self-esteem and our personal belief in ourselves to other people, right? And we look for approval. We start other-seeking and so this fourth resistance is to transform this pinnacle belief uh, that we're not good enough through the practice, the daily practice of affirmation, self-love, self-esteem. And we can only do that once we've created enough space within ourselves by dropping those other three layers of resistance, right? Limiting beliefs, forgiving our resentments, working with and surrendering the core program, then we start this practice of self-love, self-esteem, and a sense of self-security. So those are the four resistances. And if you want to have a powerful living experience, meaning intentionally create through these in amazing internal and external mechanisms, uh, both how we take our thoughts and materialize them into things, but also how life collaborates and co-creates with us to create synchronicities and miracles and coincidences to materialize that reality. The name of the game is not figuring out how to achieve your goal. The name of the game is this very simple equation of desire plus non-resistance equals desired outcome. So the focus that we all want to be focused on is becoming aware of our resistance related to any specific topic or goal or experience that we want to have and learning how to transform that resistance. It's always going to be one of those four resistances, either a limiting belief, a resentment that needs to be forgiven, uh, your core program being active, and learning how to surrender that and allow 
the core program to operate without responding to it uh, or transforming this resistance of uh, and this idea of not being good enough into self-love and self-esteem and self-approval. So that is our episode for today, my friends. Uh, I want you to be very clear leaving today's conversation that you are a powerful creator, that you create your own reality, and that we are creating the collective reality together, and that anything that we desire is possible, whether you want to create something that you're not experiencing in your life right now, or you want to stop experiencing something that you don't desire. All change is possible, and it's not achieved through what we've traditionally thought, which is figuring out how to actually produce the result. It's through this very simple equation of desire plus non-resistance equals desired result. And so feel emboldened by the fact that you are now among the elite of thinkers and feelers and creators because you now are in this arena of an intelligent game, right? Playing the game of noticing resistance and transforming the resistance Because as BJ Palmer, the founder of the chiropractic sciences said, nature needs no help, just no resistance, right? Health is innate. Prosperity is innate. It's your birthright. Clarity is your birthright. Purpose is your birthright. Amazing relationships are the norm, right? Everything that you want to be able to create both individually and as we look together to create an even better world together, right? That is the norm. What we've been experiencing is sort of a dysfunction as a result of this disruption with the creative formula. Resistance gets in the way. As you learn to transform your resistance, anything is possible. And we're going to continue to do that together. I really, really, really genuinely love you so much. I just appreciate that you're here. I'm so proud of you for doing the work and being in conversation every single day to put mindset ahead of everything in your life. Because the truth is that you got to start treating mindset like your life depends on it. Because you know what? It does. I'll see you in the next episode. Have an amazing, powerful day. Hey, it's David. One more thing. If you want to go even deeper on everything we've talked about on today's episode, don't forget to jump over to www.davidbear.com. You can find the link in the show notes and subscribe to our newsletter. A couple of times a week, I'm going to be sending you the latest episodes that we've released along with additional free trainings. You'll get immediate access to my free MindHack ebook and go even deeper into all the tools, the technologies, the frameworks that have helped tens of thousands of people establish a changed mind. Don't forget to jump on over to the site and I will see you in the next episode.